Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today's reading is John chapter 10, verses 22 to 42. These verses reemphasize many of the themes that have been central to the teaching of Jesus. But nothing is more central to the teaching of Jesus than the fact that He is the Son of God. Jesus states in no uncertain terms here that He and the Father are one. That the Jews pick up stones and accuse Him of blasphemy shows they understood exactly what claim Jesus was making. You know, some people want to relegate Jesus to the status of a prophet. Others see Him as a revolutionary. Some look at Him as a philosopher. Jesus does not leave it up to us to discern who he is. He is rather plain. Jesus doesn't allow for any middle room here. Years ago, C.S. Lewis spoke of what he called the trilemma. When people speak of the identity of Jesus, when they seek to answer this question of who Jesus is, Lewis argued that they only have three options. Either Jesus is a liar, he is a lunatic, or he is Lord. Recently, Tim Keller, a pastor, added a fourth category, that Jesus is a legend. Here's their point. Jesus does not allow us to simply think of him as a good teacher when the very center of his teaching is that he is the Son of God. If people claim that Jesus is a good teacher, but the main thing that he taught was not true, by definition he cannot be a good teacher. Jesus did not come simply to raise the standard of morality. Jesus did not simply come to show a better way. Jesus did not just come to demonstrate an ethic of love. John says in chapter 1 that Jesus came as God to reveal God. If we understand this message is at the center of Jesus' teaching, then we're only left with these options. Either he is a liar, that he knows he's not the Son of God, he's just claiming that he is, that he's crazy, that he doesn't know he's not the Son of God, but he thinks he is. And here's where Tim Keller's contribution comes in. In recent years, since the time C.S. Lewis came up with this, it has been more and more popular to simply claim that the story of Jesus of Nazareth was an embellishment that has grown over the years. Or, he's really Lord. When we boil it down, There are only two possibilities. Either Jesus is God, or he's not. Everything, and I mean everything, hinges on that question. What we need to see, though, is that this is not just about eternal life, although that is certainly at stake. This is about life here and now. If Jesus is God, not only must I follow his word, I must imitate his example. It's not enough to know that Jesus is God. But because Jesus is God, I must know Him. We want to ask ourselves our three questions. First question as we think through this passage, we want to ask is, what does this passage tell me about God? Now today I want to adjust this question just a little bit. Instead of focusing on something this passage reveals about the character of God, I want us to look at what it reveals about the Word of God. Because God and His Word are inseparably bound throughout all of Scripture. Here Jesus quotes Psalm 82, where the rulers of the people are described as God's, lowercase g. 
Jesus has a high view of Scripture here, and to their credit, so do the Pharisees. It's what Jesus says about Scripture that I want us to notice. He says, Scripture cannot be broken. When Jesus says Scripture cannot be broken, he is saying that every word of Scripture is true and reliable. Often people try and prove the reliability of Scripture and the truthfulness of Scripture through appeals to archaeology or history. They look at the accuracy of thousands of manuscripts transcribed over thousands of years. And there's a time and an occasion for all that. It can be helpful. However, our faith in the truthfulness of Scripture does not rest in external evidence. Ultimately, our confidence in Scripture is rooted in two truths above all else. First is Scripture's testimony about itself. As Jesus says here, Scripture cannot be broken. The second reason we trust in Scripture is because of its origins. That is, it is true because it is from God. Paul says all Scripture is God-breathed. If God is perfect, and He is, and Scripture is from God, and it is, then the Word of God is perfect. The second question we want to ask ourselves is, what does this passage tell me about me? As we read this, it's hard to not chuckle at the obstinacy of the people. They say to Jesus, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered and said, I told you, and you would not believe. Now, as we've been reading, John, it's easy to look at this and think, how in the world could they miss it? And Jesus is not exactly minced words. He is living water. He is the bread of life. He is the good shepherd. Well, they miss it in the same way we do. Maybe as you've been reading through John, you've noticed a lot of repetition already. You know why the Bible has so much repetition in it? It's because we need to hear things more than once. The Bible is full of God's expressions of love, but we still wonder, does God really love me? The Bible is full of God's promises of faithfulness, but we still find ourselves questioning, will he really be faithful this time? See, our problem is not a problem of knowledge, but of faith. Jesus does not say you don't understand. He says you don't believe. We need to make sure we believe what God tells us and all that God tells us. The third question we want to ask ourselves is, what is it that this passage calls me to do? Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Now, I've already discussed the importance of God's word. But another reason that it is so important is because it is the primary means by which God speaks to us. Did you notice Jesus' ability to quote Scripture here? If Jesus filled his heart and mind with Scripture, shouldn't we? The other thing we need to see in this passage is Jesus' statement that it is not just about knowing God, but being known by God. Jesus says he knows his sheep. The Bible says that many people will stand before God and he will say, Depart from me. For I never knew you. I cannot imagine more terrifying words to hear. Too many people claim to know God because of the things they do, charity, church attendance, whatever. But the question we need to ask is, does God know me? How can we be known by God? Well, it's by believing in His Son. It says, to all who believe in Jesus, He gives eternal life and no one will snatch us out of the Father's hand. What a wonderful promise that is. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. 
Join us tomorrow as we will discuss John chapter 11, verses 1 to 57. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. Whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Yeah.